We'll talk about stress. Anybody feeling stressed? Rest of you, liar, liar, pants on fire. Wouldn't it be interesting if your pants did catch on fire when you lied? I mean, those political commercials would be a lot more entertaining, wouldn't they? Uh, I, uh, Michael and I do this. We've been doing it for so long, we can't remember when we started doing this. So we'll take off and make a drive and uh, try to go to this pastor's conference. You know, we're, we're kind of on Golden Pond and our boat is sinking. You ever been there? You know, just kind of like, I don't know if I can do this again. Uh, but... Uh, how many of you checked your insurance policy lately, your hospital? I tell you, I, uh, I looked at mine and said it would cover 100% of the 20% if your doctor's mother's name Mary Lou Johnson or something like that. I mean, it's, the fine print is unbelievable. Of course, let me just give you some practical things. This will just help you. Your insurance will cover about what that gown covers, okay? That's about what it's going to cover. Uh, so if I helped you stress already, you're already feeling better, aren't you? No, you're not. Uh, Here's what the Bible says. Let me read to you out of Psalms. You know, he, Proverbs is great because it's like Hebrew bumper stickers. You know, just sums up things really quick. Psalms goes a little more in detail. And we need Psalms today because, I mean, if you, if you think about it, when have you seen so much violence around, around the world and in our own country? So we feel, we, we just feel afraid. Uh, when do you see so many technology changes, uh, jobs being lost, and so people just feel alienated? And then the fact that with divorce and separation and people not being able to get together, people just feel alone, afraid, alienated, alone. And that's triple A's of stress right there, I promise you. But here's what the Bible says. Psalms 37 verse 1 says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Uh, a lot of evildoers out there. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now, I've been around Christians all my life. I grew up in a parsonage. Uh, I'm a preacher's kid. And we, as Christians, usually spiritualize our psychological problems, and we're always saying, well, just trust in the Lord. Well, what are you doing yourself? You know, what, what, what's happening in your life besides trusting in the Lord? Uh, people always say, we just need to pray more. Well, you might need to do more. You might need to change some behavior. That's what we're going to talk about today. Dwell in the land and befriend fullness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you a, a life that you really wanted all your life to live this way. The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives because they know they're trusting in the Lord. They, they, they can't bless anymore that the Lord's going to bless them back. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. I've been young and now I'm old. <laughs> Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. God told me one time, life's like a fastball, and I have no glove. I can't handle what's going on. And life is, right now, very stressful. You know, if you're a psychologist, you know there's a test called the holmes Ray Stress Test. And it gives you all the things that cause stress in your life. And it gives points to them. And it's uh, things like... Uh, a speeding ticket or, or like 
teenagers are like uh, the Christmas season. I mean, Christmas season's great, but there's a stress point there. It's called the Holmes Ray Stress Test, and if you add it up, and it's like moving and things like that that cause stress or job change, and they can predict if you're going to get sick based on how much stress you're under. And it, it can add up quickly. I mean, for example, death of a mate is 100 points. I mean, that's the biggest one there is. Your mate dies. Uh, detention in jail is 63 points. So, so if your mate dies and they think you did it, 163 right there, you understand? I mean, it, it mounts up quick. Uh, so that's that outside stress. And many people would say that two-thirds of doctors' visits are caused by stress because the body picks up unsolved problems. So now let's be honest. We can't do much about outside stress, about the Holmes Ray stress test, all the things happening to you. But we can do things about inside, about what's going on on the inside, which affects what's going on on the outside. Shakespeare said it best. He said, the problem's not in the stars, the problem's in ourselves. If you don't read Shakespeare, Pogo said the same thing. We have met the enemy and the enemy is us. See, So we're going to deal with us today. We're going to deal with that inside stress. Now, now why do we have so much inside stress? Well, uh, I'm going to talk to you today about the C's and about the D's. Uh, the C's is chromosomes. You, you just get things passed down from your parents and, and some of them are good and some of them aren't so good. So you're going to have a particular kind of stress in your life that maybe I don't have. For, for example, my dad, uh, I would see him watering the grass. I never saw my dad that he wasn't in a suit. He was at church all the time. I mean, in those days, he had, you know, he's a pastor and he had to be at church all the time. He always wore a suit. The only time I ever really saw him without a suit, especially when I got older and I would got married and come back and visit him, he'd be out in the yard with shorts on and a t-shirt and be watering the grass. And I can remember driving up and seeing him and his stomach was just gotten big. You know what I mean? Because he, you know, he's probably now, you know, close to my age now. And the older you get, your fat and your body become friends. You know that, don't you? So it's just, no matter what you say, the fat says, I've been here longer than you, I'm not going anywhere. So it's just hard. Uh, uh, like I, I've been on a three week diet and so far I've lost 21 days. So it just doesn't work very well. Uh, so I would kind of come up on my dad and I would see this just stomach out. And then his legs were so skinny, it looked like toothpicks. I mean, and, and walking up in my mind, I thought that looks like a watermelon with toothpicks. You know, that, that's what that looks like. A couple of months ago, I was out watering the grass and I caught my reflection in the window and I had shorts on and a t-shirt and I thought, watermelon toothpicks. Thanks dad. I really appreciate that. But that's genetics. That's things that's passed down from generation to generation. And you're going to have some stuff in your life that you got to deal with. It's just, it's just part of it. That's the way it goes. It's, it's chromosomes. And then there's the curse. Now the curse is because you're born into this world. It, it, it's your Adam suit. And you live in a fallen world and you've been cursed. That's just the way it is. Sorry about that, but Uncle Adam, you know, ain't Eve. They messed it up and we're all part of the Adams family. And that's what you get. You know, you, you get the 
you get the curse. You, and the curse gives you sin and death. You're going to sin, you're going to die, all right? And that's why, you know, one day you're a peacock, the next day you're feathers. It's just the way it is, all right? Uh, and so you're going, to get, you're going to sin and you're going to die. And by the way, that's the gospel. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to live the life you can never live, to conquer death so you can be in his forever family. That's grace. That's the gospel. That's what gets you into heaven. And controlling your Adam suit is not going to get you into heaven. You'll never redeem your Adam suit. God's got to kill it to get you into heaven, okay? But the more you can redeem your Adam suit down here, the better life you're going to have down here, right? Uh, matter of fact, that's maturity. Maturity is getting your body to do what it does not want to do or it doesn't feel like doing so you can have a better life. Because your Adam suit does not want to act better, it just wants to feel better. You know, it does not want clarity to figure out your problems. It wants comfort. You know, that's your Adam suit. That's my Adam suit. It's the curse. You got to deal with it. Okay, you got to deal with it. Some people deal with it really well. They end up being very successful. Other people don't. They end up being very unsuccessful. It's the, it's the curse. And then there's circumstances. Circumstances that happen that make now cause me more stress than it would cause you. Okay. And it, it, it's your family dynamics, your, your family of origin, things you go through. Being a preacher's kid, uh, living in that situation where my dad, in a sense, uh, in their eyes, worked for them, uh, was not a very healthy psychological environment. Matter of fact, I grew up thick and I had to please all those people for things to go well with my dad. And, and that's the... Well, in those days, we'd have business meetings and once a month, and they'd t talk about how sorry my dad was, and I'd be sitting out there, you know. Uh, so that's why, to this day, I have a hard time with deacons. Nothing personal deacons, but I just kind of believe Jesus went around healing, doing miracles, casting out deacons. So, you know, that's, that's just part of my, part of my background, okay. Uh, so, I can remember when we have a traumatic event, that affects your thinking for the rest of your life when you have a traumatic event. We had this we had this dog, a cocker spaniel named Blackie, black cocker spaniel, beautiful dog. And I love Blackie. And of course, Blackie lived at the church because we all lived at the church. I mean, we lived in the, the, the parsonage, you know? And so, so Blackie lived at the church. And, you know, I guess if he could be a Christian dog, Blackie was because he went, he went to church. He, he lived at the church. He went to everything. Sunday night, went, you know, he was there. That's where he lived. Well, one night, Blackie didn't make it across the road and he was killed. So we had to bury Blackie. Well, we're thinking Blackie's lived at the church, you know, good Christian dog. We ought to bury him in the church cemetery. And so we took Blackie out, and there was a little, you know, tent out there, a lot of things, so we could sit in the shade and, you know, drink a Pepsi Cola while we buried Blackie. And, and we had a funeral. I mean, we knew how to do it. We're preacher's kids. You know, we, we read some scripture, and, and my brother John made up a poem. He said, we think Blackie Lowry went to heaven but you never ever can sometimes tell Blackie Lowry could have went elsewhere. You know, it is a pretty good poem about Blackie. And so we, we felt good about it, and we come home. And then Dad calls all of us into his office. And that uh, uh, I got two older brothers, and I'm the baby. And when you get called into Dad's office, not a good thing. Okay, not a good thing, because that's where God and Dad lived. And you didn't want a problem with either one of them, okay? Okay. Uh, so we go into the church office, and Dad looks at my oldest brother and said, did you bury Blackie Lowry in the church cemetery? And my brother's older and, I guess, wiser, and he, he said, yes, we did. I, I thought we'd lie about it. I mean, we lied a lot in those days, and I thought, well, you know, we'd, 
Well, I tell him the truth. Let's get by with this as long as we can. You know? But he's older, and he said, yeah, yeah, we did. And then Dad said, well, did you, did you bury her next to Sister McDaniel? <laughs> well, we didn't know. He said, well, we don't know. I don't, we just buried him in a church cemetery. Well, did you see anything like a tent? Oh, yeah, we sat under the tent. Dad was shady. Yeah, we sat under the tent and drank Pepsi Cola. He said, son, that's the, that's the tent that the funeral home puts up. She's just been buried, you know. Uh, and, and, and the family has been calling me all day. They cannot believe you have buried your dog next to their dear departed mother. Well, I, I thought it was an honor for her to be buried next to Blackie myself, but, but I didn't say that because I was, knew I'd get killed. So, well, the, the bottom line is this. Late that night, we dug up old Blackie Lowry and we moved him to the heathen cemetery down the road. <laughs> Well, all those experiences growing up, I grew up thinking I had to please other people for me to be happy myself. See? So I had to go through that and realize that just what my brain tells me is not always the truth. The truth's going to set you free, not what you think is true. And I promise you, you've got those same things in your brain that you tell yourself that's causing you stress. And you're not thinking the way God wants you to think. You're thinking the way the world has programmed you to think. So we got to renew our mind. So I'm going to use the word thrive. How do you try, thrive under stress? And you know me, I'm not even going to get close to finishing thrive. So I know there's a little, some of you got a little OCD that you got to fill in the blanks. So I've, I've decided what I'm doing now, I'm just going to tell you what all the letters mean. So you won't be bugging me later. Well, what does that mean? You know? And then I know I won't get to it, but at least you'll know what they mean, okay? And then you'll wonder, what are you going to say about that? Well, that's why Michael has to bring me back. So that's the way it works. Okay. T stands for thinking. you got to think change the way you think. H stands for habits because you are your habits. You're a bundle of habits. Some of your habits are good for you. Some of your habits are causing you a lot of stress. Uh, R stands for responsibility. You have to take responsibility for your life when you... Stop blaming, you'll start growing, okay? When you continue to blame, you won't, you won't grow. Uh, and then uh, I stands for you invest in things at last. That's family, faith, and friends. We, we may get there, we may not. And then E stands for encouragement. Uh, if, if you thrive as a person, you will learn to encourage other people. And that just means bless other people because God says that's really why you're here and I will bless you. Okay, let's go with thinking Renew your mind. Your emotions come from what you think. Okay? That's why the Bible's always talking about renewing your mind. Depending on what you put in your brain will depend on different emotions. So let me see if I can teach you that. Let's just say that Garrett and I play softball together. Okay? And I don't really think softball is a sport, but let's just make a story about it. Because anytime grown men throw underhanded, it just doesn't seem like a sport to me. But anyway, uh, let's just say we play softball. And Garrett, I just, I encourage him so much. I said, man, you are the best softball player. You hit that ball so good. And you always, you know, we're making the errors. You always make the right throw. And man, you're just a great softball player. Man, it's just great to be around you. And Garrett said, yeah, I'm pretty good. You know, he just likes to see me come. And we play softball together. Ken and I play basketball together. 
And I am always on his case. I mean, I'm saying, why don't you, can't you catch the ball? Why didn't you make that shot? I mean, you're always messing up. And, and Ken just kind of sees me coming. He tries to go the other way, but I chase him. Now, Ken, Ken, come here. I want you to do this. You know, you need to start shooting with your left hand. You need to start doing better. And, this, and I'm just always on his case, just giving him a hard time. Ken and Garrett are sitting over there and having a cup of coffee. And I play softball with Garrett on Tuesday night, and I play basketball with Ken on Wednesday night. And this is Tuesday afternoon. And they both get this phone call, get a little text, because it's what you all you people get now, Texas. Uh, don't text me, I'll just call you back, okay? So, uh, and the text is this, Charles Lowry has torn his rotator cuff. He cannot play softball. He cannot play basketball. Garrett, what's his emotional reaction? Oh, man, I kind of look forward to that, man. The kid's already smiling. You know, he, he, <laughs> Ken, Ken's only question is, can it be fatal? Can he die from this? You know, his emotion is elation. <laughs> it's the same event, but you have different emotions. That's why out there in the real world, the same event causes different emotions from different people. It causes different stress from different people. Now, why is that? Well, some of the reason is that you've just learned the wrong things about life. I mean, sometimes you just learn the wrong things. Uh, this friend of mine is trying to house train his dog. Every time the dog go to the bathroom, he'd hit him with paper and throw him out the window. You know, every time he go to the hit him with paper, throw him out the window. I said, how's that dog doing? He said, not very good. He runs in there, goes to the bathroom on the carpet, and jumps out the window. Uh, well, the dog learned the wrong thing, you understand. It's very easy to learn the wrong things. That's why you come to church. That's why you're around people that teach you what's true about life. Because there's a lot of stuff out there, it's not true about life. You know, uh, They're they, they telling you all kinds of stuff. People believe in all kinds of stuff. Nowadays, numerology, numbers, there, there's some kind of... Uh, and Christians get into that, oh, the numbers in Daniel, the numbers in Revelation. You know, they put all their faith in numbers. Uh, numbers are just numbers. You know, you, 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 uh, this one guy, he, he, he thought the number four was lucky for him. You know, you know why? He was born, he was the fourth child. He was born on 4th Street in the fourth house. Matter of fact, the address was 44 4th Street. That was his address. He went to Four Hills High School, graduated fourth in his class, ended up going to work for Four Brothers Pizza Company, started out fourth in command, making $44,000 a year. On his 44th birthday, he was doing so well, the company gave him a bonus of $44,000. Being his anniversary, he had the afternoon off. He went to the racetrack with his friends. And he couldn't believe it, and the fourth race was running lucky 44. Although being a Baptist, he couldn't help it. He went to the window, the fourth window, and four minutes before the fourth race, he put all $44,000 down on lucky 44. And sure enough, lucky came in fourth. <laughs> I wouldn't put a lot of stake in numbers. But you won't believe all the philosophies out there. You won't believe what people are trusting in. God says there's a way to live, and I teach you the way to live. 
and, and the righteous will not be forsaken, and your children will be a blessing to you. You see, that, it's, it's the long term of the way God wants you to live. So you got to change your thinking. If you don't want to be a stinker, you got to change your thinker, all right? And you got to not think positive, but think biblically the way God wants you to think. One truck driver, uh, he uh, seemed to have been with the company 20 years, seemed to always have a great attitude, smile on his face. You know, one of the, got the reputation of being the best, best guy out there for the company. This young guy was struggling with it, and he finally said, Look, I, I, I seem to hate this, and you, you seem to love this. He said, Well, here's the difference. Every morning you get up thinking you have to go to work. Every morning I get up thinking I get to drive in the country, you see. It's a whole different way of looking at life, you see. Once you start to change that, once you start to just self-talk, and self-talk is, is, is your thinking. That, that, that's, that's what changes everything. Once you change those words in your mind, one word is just this. Change that word from I expect this to happen to I wish this would happen. You can't expect anything to happen. You know, you're not in control of this world. You're just one phone call away from your whole life being messed up. So you wish this would happen, but you can't expect this to happen. So, T, that's T. That's pretty good. That's not not too good, but pretty good. Uh, H stands for habits. Habits are your best friend or they're going to be your worst enemy. Now, habits, you won't do certain things because of this. Delay. Your Adam suit, whenever you want to do something that's good for you, that's helpful for you, that, that gives some clarity in your life instead of comfort just to feel better, your, your Adam suit says delay. Do it, but don't do it now. You see, it, you, you're going to go on the diet after this pizza. You know, that, that's, that's, you know you're going to go on the budget next month. You know, you're going to make that phone call to that person that you don't want to make tomorrow. You know, it, it's always delay. The other is detour. It'll try to get you to do something that makes you think you're making a change in your life, but you're not really. It's just the easiest thing to do. It's detour. I don't have time to go into all detail, but it, it, detour, and then there's distraction. Distraction is a little different in that you don't really have anything in mind that you're doing to replace the other that'll make you feel better. You just get distracted and you don't do anything. You, know? you don't live your life by direction. You live it by distraction. It's like, a, it's like when I go to the grocery store. I, I know what I'm supposed to get. I'm supposed to get you know, grapes and bananas and milk and fiber. My wife says at my age, I need fiber, which means I'm going to live five years longer and four years will be in the bathroom. So I'm not sure what kind of trade-off that is. But, uh, but when I get to the grocery store, they got ding-dongs and Twinkies and Snickers and all kinds of stuff and ice cream, Tim, lots of ice cream. Uh, and when I get back, I realize I wasted a lot of time, spent a lot of money on stuff I really didn't want or need in the first place. Let me tell you, one day you're going to get to check out. <laughs> you're going to die. Death runs in my family. Think it runs in yours. You're going to die. You're going to get to check out. And my friend, if you're not careful, you'll look back. And you'll realize you wasted a lot of time, spent a lot of money on stuff you didn't want or need in the first place. So habits. Now, 
I don't have time to go into that. Let's move on. THR, responsibility. You won't believe as a psychologist how many people tell me things that I just almost would laugh at. I would say, why would you do that? You know what they'd say? I lost my head. I said, you lost your head? Could you do that for me? I've never seen anybody lose their head. Or, or they say something like, well, I got beside myself. <laughs> Dude, could, could you get beside yourself for me? You know, it, it's anything to blame something other than themselves. And you're never going to grow up. You're never going to be able to handle stress until you start taking responsibility for your life. For your life. Uh, I used to have these couples. They'd come in and this, you know, I'd separate people in marriage counseling because I've been in lots of fights. You know, so I'd see the wife first. She'd start telling me about this husband, what he did, what he said, how he acted, what he called her, locked her in a closet. I mean, this is a gorilla. I mean, where did she find this guy? Prison release program? I'm thinking, this guy's awful. And I got to see him at 9 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to see this guy. Some gorilla locked her in a closet? Man, I'm scared, you know. I don't know what's going to show up, but I got to see him. I'm a psychologist, you know. He walks in the door, nicely dressed man, smiles, shakes my hand, starts telling me about her, what she did, what she said, what she called him, what she did to him. No wonder he locked her in the closet. Some of you. You are so involved in telling your story that you never get involved in living the life that God had in mind when he created you. Quit blaming. Start growing. Be the person God had in mind when he created you. And then invest in things that last. Faith, family, friends. Michael and I have a friend passed away about, it's been about 10 years ago now. He was the minister of music at our church in Spartanburg, and Michael and Jerry and I would go all play golf together. And Jerry just loved to play golf with us. He'd laugh. And he'd, he wasn't a good golfer. He'd hit it about 20 yards, and he'd say, if you're ordained, if you don't hit it over 25 yards, it doesn't count. You know, and so he'd, uh, we don't count that one. Uh, Jerry went to be the minister of music with my brother in First Baptist, Bossier City. I went to First Dallas and started the counseling center, and you know, became the Sunday night preacher for W.A. Criswell and preaching all over the country. I'd come through Bossier and preach for my brother Fred, and Jerry would always say, let's, let's, let's stay over a day, let's play golf. Stay over a day, let's play golf. I said, man, I got to do that, I got to go this. Man, I was successful, I was going speaking places, uh, big name psychologist. And Jerry said, why don't we stay over, just stay over. I said, no, I can't do it this time. I'll do it next time. And then we got word. Jerry had a brain tumor. Had about three months to live. Came in to preach my brother and went out to see Jerry and got to talking. I said, Jerry, uh, any regrets? He said, well, you know, one big regret was that I didn't play golf with you that one last time when you came through those times. That's on me. That's on me. 
There's some people in your life. Matter of fact, they did a study. They did a, a lady that interviewed people who are dying. And they asked them, what, what, would, what do you regret? And one of their top regrets was this. I wished I'd spent more time with my close friends. All that stuff, all, all that you're doing, when it ends, not going to amount to much. Not going to amount to much. Invest in things that last. And then finally, be an encourager. How many have been late for an airplane flight? Anybody been late for an airplane flight? Let me ask you about your behavior. Were you kind and gentle to little old ladies in the airport? <laughs> no, you ran over little old ladies in the airport. I've been late for a flight, and I just run through, I, you know, do this, I run over this, I get... Why? Because when I'm late for a flight, it's all about me. It's all about me. What the book says... When it's all about you, it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Kids aren't going to call you blessed. You're not going to leave a legacy. It's not all about you. It's all about the life that he's given you in order to encourage other people to have the life he's given them. It was a Catholic school. It was ninth grade. They were doing new math, and nobody really understood new math. And she said that the students were so frustrated that finally on a Friday, she just said, look, guys, girls, she's a Catholic nun. She said, uh, forget new math today. Let's just get out a sheet of paper, and let's write down every person's name in the class, and you write down two good things about that person. And that's what they did. They got each person's name in the class and they wrote two good things about each person in the class. Over the weekend, that Catholic nun assembled those sheets of paper and gave it to them with all the good things their classmates said about them. So they had one sheet of paper, all the classmates, the good things. Ninth grade. It was during the Vietnam War era, and some of the kids went off to war. One kid named Mark went off to war and didn't make it back. They had the funeral, and everybody came back, and the Catholic nun came back. The, the parents thanked her for coming and said, we're having a little reception over at the house for the students. Would you come? And she said, I would. As she got to the house, the parents said, we'd like to show you something. And they had Mark's wallet, and they took out a piece of paper that had been folded and refolded so many times it had tape on it. And they said, this is the sheet of paper from ninth grade. With all the good things that people said about Mark. You can see he cherished it. It looks like he looked at it every day and then they all started to gather around all the students 
One had hers in her purse. She's pulled it out. The other one, he had it in his wallet. The other one says, I have it at home in my diary. The other said, it's in my wedding book. They all described where they had that piece of paper. Why? Because everybody, all of us, want to know that somebody cares. My friend, we have a book. It just doesn't have one page. It's got hundreds of pages. Not that somebody cares. God cares. And he cares enough to come and live this life you cannot live. To conquer death because he wanted you in his forever family. And that's why it's not about you. It's about him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together and thank you that you're such a good God and thank you that you're our God because of Jesus Christ. There's someone here today that doesn't have the faith to believe. Give them the faith today. Not in a religion or doing good, but give them the faith to believe that you wanted them and they're forever, your forever family. All you ever wanted was a family. Help them to believe you included them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.